I can't help thinking somewhere in the universe there has to be something better than man. Yeah, let's cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask him how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show him a 3% return, and I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> Well, I'm up by Stockton Jacks. I'm Tom Burn on the board. SP Futures down 14. We were trying to come back a little last night from yesterday's kind of crummy day, very crummy day, uh, but we are not this morning. NASDAQ Futures down 70. Motion creates emotion. That's right. What do you think, Matt? I'm, I'm all for it. You are? Yeah. Well, how about, <laughs> is, speaking of motion, is Mr. O'Neill with us? We have him in, right here. Kevin, how are you? I am here, um, although I do regret to announce that uh, I have entered my name in the uh, podcast transfer portal oh god and um and i've already heard from the armchair expert and the hidden brain podcasts uh, and i expect that there will be more uh, i'm sure they're bidding bidding for you big time at least i didn't also kick the I, university of colorado is looking, yeah looking well i didn't kick you out like the colorado is you know actually tom uh you know when and, and he's he's mentioning that uh you know the story being told is that Deion Sanders told everybody to leave. Well, it's, the, 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 the uh, thing was uh, taped. With the University of Colorado players. Mm. I, I actually did go back and watch the video of the meeting, and that's not exactly the way it happened. Um, so uh, it, it, it was more along the lines of things are going to change around here significantly. Um, uh, he did say, I'm bringing in some, of, uh, you know, some guys. Mm. Um, but he said things are going to change around here and uh, so uh, I'm giving you fair warning. You can put your name in the transfer portal if you want. Um, now, he may be going uh, full McKinsey comp- and company on him where you make it so miserable that people just, you know, <laughs> that's, they, they leave because that's the only, you know, it's, it's, it's just so uncomfortable and, and so unlikable to be there that you leave. And that's, it, that's entirely possible. But then I also watched the video of his meeting with his former team and he basically told them, so he, he said, you know, there may be a couple of you guys that come with me, but um, uh, but, but he, he essentially he told them not to be hasty because uh, he's, he's pushing hard for one of the assistants to get the job, and he thinks they should uh, consider staying put. So it's not like he's bringing his whole team from uh, uh, Jacksonville or wherever it is he's uh, coaching now. So I, I think we've kind of overblown um, and, and maybe unfairly, and you know that. Of course, it's easy to believe about Deion Sanders because he's always been, um, shall we say, uh, you know, kind of loquacious, loquacious, and maybe a little, uh, uh, a little showy. Um, Kevin, it's not what you say; it's so, what people. It's what people hear. A little. It's not what you say; it's what people hear. Mm. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. And uh, so, you know, I, I think it's you know. Uh, we'll see how it plays out at Colorado. Um, it, it, it may be more like the way the story is being reported, but I don't. I, I'm not seeing it reported what I consider to be uh, a fair representation of his words. I would say that uh, I think one of the most uh, amazing. Well, I don't know because it's a sports sports thing. <laughs> Maybe because it's a little gross. Uh, one of the most amazing things in human interaction in terms of human communication. 
is in the movie Major League. When the th- when the third baseman says, "I don't do push-ups," it says here right in my contract. <laughs> and the manager, I don't know if you ever saw this, right Matt. Yeah. Manager takes the contract, throws it on the ground, pulls on a zipper, and pees on it. <laughs> Never said a word. And just walked away. So there was no. <laughs> if there was no video of that, that you would have said he agreed with the guy. He's not going to do it anymore, <laughs> right? I mean, it, I, there's, I don't think there's any question that Neon Dion gave the message to that team. You guys aren't my guys. There's no loyalty. Anybody wants out of here, get out of here. By the way, other people are coming in, and if there's not room for them, I'm going to make room. That, that, that well, it, it, I, I think it's worth watching the video. Yeah. I mean, really, he, he was talking about the last 20 years of Colorado football and you know, I mean, what I took away from it is, he said, you know, hasn't been commitment. It's been a country club around here. That's why you're losing so much, um, and and things are going to change. Um, he uh, now, what he did not say is, if you want to be part of it, uh, you know, we're all in. Um, so he, you know, that that part would have definitely indicated that he wanted the commitment from the players, not for them to to leave, but. I, I am also, uh, I, though I, I, I don't think it's reasonable to say he told everybody to go to the go transfer. Well, it, it doesn't appear that he's going to say, "We'll see how you do in the weight room. We'll see what spring practice brings." It means he's starting his, his deal today. He's, he's trying to get people today, and he, he probably doesn't have that many scholarships available. So people have to. What, Kevin, what exactly? If it's me, and I'm like the the guy in the end of the bench, which I would have been. Uh, but I'm on scholarship, and I'm going to say, now they, they owe me for the whole year of, of education. Now, do I have to physically leave the school um, for them to get that scholarship back, or can I say, look, I, I'm not going to play for you next year. You don't want me, I don't want you. By the way, you got to get me, you owe me the second semester. Well, now the second semester, or... or Next two quarters. Well, I, I don't. I don't think it matters anyway, Tom. Uh, not not from a scholarship count point of view, um, because what really matters is what your what your fall head count is. There are lots of teams that are over until they get to the fall. Okay, so the, uh, if if he knows that I'm leaving in June or May, wherever the hell it is, they can recruit a guy for my spot, and when I lose it in June, the other guy gets it. Yeah, and and the other thing is they routinely you you get. You, you lose your, uh, while you're there, you lose your privileges to use workout facilities and all of that kind of stuff at the, uh, um, at the school you're leaving. Um, so, um, you, you know, you, you may, and that's true of every school. This is not just, you know, something that's going on at Colorado or anything like that. Um, you, uh, you, you don't get to, ju- you're, you know, you're, you're not in the program. You're not on the team when, uh, when you do that. Right and what? If you decide to un- to, to pull your name out of the portal, then um, you have to be accepted back. Because once you put your name in, you know it's you've given your two weeks notice, basically. Well, I'm saying it could so, be. So now you still have you still can go work out at all of the normal student facilities. So that you know you're a student, you get to do that. But he also gets to not renew people for next year, correct? Uh, yeah, I, I I don't see a lot of that happening, and haven't seen a lot of that happening. <coughs> Normally, when a guy's run off, they you know the, yes, there there have has been some instances of saying we're just not renewing your scholarship, your SOL. Um, but most schools are not willing to take that PR hit, so they they will again. I, I go back to how uncomfortable can you make it for a guy to be there. 
Um, and I, honestly, if you have somebody who's not going to play and you say, son, do you want to play? Let me help you get situated at a program at the right level where you will be able to play. I think that's that's a good conversation to have. Uh, I also think I don't see you ever becoming a starter here is a fair conversation to have at the end of the season. I think all of those kinds of things so that the the athletes can make their decisions. There are just you know nowadays there's just a lot of guys. Uh, you know, one one of the things that's uh, underreported is this uh, academic progress report that the schools all have to file now. So, you know, you, you used to go back in the days, especially in basketball, of the one and dones, where the guy would come to school, he would enroll, he would um, fail all his courses, or you know, just basically blow off his courses the uh, first semester be on academic probation the second semester but enroll anyway and still blow off all the courses and you're going to flunk out but who cares I'm leaving for the NBA after one year anyway so if you ever went now, to class that you, hurts yeah. you now that because you have to ha- you, your students have to make progress while they are at your school and they have to make a certain amount of progress towards a degree you can lose your postseason access because of that so now the schools are actually making them. That doesn't mean there aren't people in joke majors or you know taking stupid, uh, stupid curriculum. But at least they're making people go to class. What that has accomplished, though, is that a lot more guys, because they're there in the summer and they're and they come in the summer before their freshman years, a lot more guys are graduating, um, and they're uh, and they're also they're graduating in three years. So you're starting to see. You know this this movement where guys are saying, "Yeah, I still want to play. I want to have two years of eligibility left, and I want to go to a level where I can play." But I'm going there as a grad student. Um, just to really and that's you know, look again. That's that's not that's not hurting the kid. No, um, you know the the old ways could be pretty abusive because you could you could go to school for four years and be nowhere close to a degree because of the way you got advised. Uh, throughout, and then you know you're you're on the scrap heap because you're not an NFL project or prospect. Um, so it, it's you know this is it, it that part of it's better. But right now this the the whole free agency thing that they're running right now is is probably uh, oh more than a little too chaotic for the good of the sport. Well, I mean, th- two two questions, and we'll kind of move on. But I, uh, if I'm a, a junior and it's obvious to me I, I didn't grow whatever or something. And uh, I've gone to practice. I've kind of enjoyed being there. And all of a sudden, well, they've just recruited stars over you. You might yeah. be good enough to get on the field, but there's guys who are going to be way better, and you're never going to get. But on it's the field. but it's senior year, and I'm from Colorado, and the tuition's, you know, whatever, fifteen grand anyway. You know, me and my parents might just say, "Screw it, stay there, and uh, we'll pay for your senior year." <laughs> I mean, so yeah. that I mean, it, that that happens. It's not like every every kid in college is uh, is destitute. I mean, they're not. And, and that is absolutely true. Um, the other thing, though, is it's 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 liable to get out of hand, and it, and, and, and just stories like this make you think that maybe it's starting to. Because now you're bringing in people when you're giving them money, and now the uh, so if your if your boosters uh, come up with the I keep using the example the offensive line name image and likeness club where you go show your bellies off somewhere or something whatever you do. Uh, now, you, can you exclude people from that, or do we not know any of these rules yet? Uh, it's you know what some of the some of the schools are very hands on with that with the people who are involved, which uh, I I don't think they should be or should be allowed to be. 
um, these uh, none of the um, none of the uh, uh, arrangements are means to, you know are, are effectiveness tested. Let's put it that way. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, you can give a guy fifty thousand dollars. The question is, you know, would you give a guy fifty thousand dollars for an, an endorsement? That uh, uh, are you getting your money's worth? Because it's one thing to make a bad marketing decision um, right off the bat and uh, and just you know basically pee away that money, but it's another thing to renew that bad marketing decision. And certainly, if you know, if you look, if you're a sole proprietorship, God love you, you can do it. But basically, you're just making a tax donation that should be a that absolutely should be and must be a taxable <laughs> a donation. But you're making a donation to the program. See, I think Fine. Kevin, uh, do it if you want. Give away your money if you want. Maybe because you, uh, maybe because you have brought up this topic, but or maybe just because of my crazy business mind, anyway. Uh, as much as it is trading, is tra- can you have a trading mind and a business mind at the same time? Right, what I'm saying is, uh, uh, God, I hope so. My uh, my buddy, um, Mr. Duffy, who's in a, a tax attorney and you know played football somewhere. And is real bright about this stuff. Says these things are being set up as LLCs. I'm going to say, Kevin, that is this inter- interesting? You mentioned that some firms are some colleges are doing it this way or that way. How the hell do you know they've only been doing it for a year? Kind of curious. I mean, they're, they're showing well, what their intentions are. Just you know, took the big dive. Texas A&M is most and the most noteworthy for this. And, and see, in my world, this needs to be organized and managed outside of the athletic department. Uh, you know, just completely away. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, when I say organized and managed, it can be organized and still be set up as a private entity. Um, but it, it, it's it's not even, in many cases, it's not even an arm's length. Uh, well, here's, here's what I'm, I'm suggesting. And, uh, of course, I, when you follow the money and you follow the economics, I'm going to say I'm not always right, but I'm pretty close to sometimes my timing is off by maybe a decade or two. <laughs> that could be a problem, Kevin. But I'm saying if we get... We'll call it a rounding error. <laughs> but if, if, if we have, uh, you know, 10 swinging whatevers, put up a million bucks a piece for pick a school, Sidewash State, and we're going to do a name, image, and likeness where we're going to take uh, essentially PR opportunities, for lack of a better term. I'm talking about ongoing now. Now we're not, now we're not, we're not just giving kids dough. If we're going to create a group that does PR opportunities for these kids... Um, kids, people, and uh, and I'm doing uh, the you know the offensive whatever uh, group in, in Notre Dame. Well, where is it written that if we take in two million dollars in revenue from Pete's Pizza and all these other places, that I got I got to pony up all two million to these kids? Why would I? Why isn't there at least a, a paying my own expenses for for the people who work there? Why isn't there even a little bit of a profit? Why can't I? If it's two million dollars, why should I give them all two million? I mean, you don't you don't give your employees anywhere else the entire <laughs> thing you bring in the front door because you have to you have to run the rest of the place. But what makes you think? Right, these, and I mean, that's why I said it. Has, you know, a reasonableness test would tell you that that's not a reasonable setup. Yeah. So I mean, this thing I, I may not care if I get my you know if I make money on the million dollars I just ponied up if I had a million dollars to give to <laughs> Texas A&M or Notre Dame. Um, I, I may not. I may not. But you're sure as hell not going to say it's all gone. Give me another million next year. That 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 dog doesn't hunt. I don't think. <laughs> well, 
plan on it hunting. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, there are whether, so it's gonna, whether it's going to catch the wabbit or not is another issue, but uh, but plan on that dog doing some hunting. Well, I mean, I, uh, I guess now, you, you here's, here's the thing: is, 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 is this is this is showing you what I've been, you know, saying, you know, certainly on, on this show and on many others for a long time, and that is that while you know a free education is valuable. Um, and uh, and and well worth you know and and very good compensation in many cases, especially for the guys who aren't starters or the guys who are just you know the the, the average player or the average offensive lineman or or whoever, and and that can be a really good deal. Um, but what it do, what the compensation doesn't do is it doesn't come close to reflecting the economic value that these people that these athletes have created for their uh, uh, athletics programs. And this is why it would really just be better if they'd make these uh, athletes employees of the school. Um, that, that, that would be the most honest way they can do it. But, of course, the schools don't want that because along with becoming employees comes all kinds of other little bothers like old labor law and uh, collective, potential collective bargaining and, uh, you know, all kinds of other rules related to work, Workman's uh, comp. You know, uh, workman's comp, yeah, that, that would be another one. Somebody has a knee replaced 20 years later. Into all kinds of things that they, that they really, really like this extracurricular activity setup that they have. Well, now, the, I guess the question comes down, if, if you are, and this is, this is fascinating because, I mean, uh, every time, I, mean, I hope people who listen to the show are is intrigued about a lot of this stuff, <laughs> as I am, we're, we're seeing economic history in the making in the last few years. I mean, it's, I, mean, we, I guess you do every year, but this is even more bizarre. This is, this is a fledgling industry. You're gonna, now, the question is, are they the employees of this LLC? And if somebody gets injured on the field, are they liable for workman's comp? I, I would say that's a reach. Um, that, that would be a big reach. You know, you can ask Lou the same question. Um, but to me, it, that just seems like it would be reaching any more than, um, you know, a, a, a pro football player, uh, a pro football player endorsing a project, a product would make that product's company have some shared liability for. Uh, well, what's uh, what is his job? Is his job to show up in front of the pizza place and? and uh and with his face once a week, or is his job to play? Well, in some play? cases, there, there there's actually a few doing national ads. I get which it, is, you know, surprises me. But uh, you know, it 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 sort of varies from one deal to the next. There are people who uh, endorse video games. There are some athletes who block off time every week to go online and play video games, take on any comer, and people pay to go play video games with an athlete. It's it, there, there's all kinds of crazy arrangements here. Um, and uh, so it, it just varies from one to the next what the job actually but is. But your job really is to play football for A&M or Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah it is. The, that, that's, that's job number one, and to be really good at it so that you have name recognition so that people will pay for whatever right. other access to you is provided. So uh, what did you... Uh, we're going to have our buddy Mike Murphy on on Friday to talk about soccer since he's become an instant soccer hit. Uh, he's also going to talk about uh, if I can, where we get past the soccer. Mike has uh, been was in the army for a long time, and he has a uh, different sort of group, you know, expertise than Lou. Mm. But he w- was talking about the just-in-time inventory stuff and how it's not working. You know, the same thing that Lou has been saying: that we're, we're running out of stuff, and we better, you know, if you've been listening to the, the TV the last few days, 
hat tracks are being let right, right and left um, for uh, a lot of you know these artillery shells and missiles and stuff that we've been sending over there for people to now catch up. And uh, I don't know how we're going to catch up, but we will eventually. But uh, I would like, I mean, I'm gonna, before the end of the year, I mean, I, everybody knows I don't give specific stack picks, but I will say that one of the groups that I'm involved with do their um, their uh, protected stuff, the Nigerian Family Office. They essentially subcontract me to do their their uh, their protected stuff. Uh, they also have a, a group that does uh, just you know buy stocks. I mean, you know, tries to be to beat the market like all the other funds kind of thing. And these guys have done remarkably well this year. I mean, I don't know exactly. They're not up. They're down a little bit. Uh, but they really overweighted in the defense stocks. Like the the day. <laughs> Ukraine got invaded, and I'm going to say they did light years better than virtually anybody, well, not anybody else, because I don't know what everybody else did, but they did pretty much light years better than not being weighted in that category, and I don't think that that's over yet, Kevin. I think, uh, but I don't, I'm not an expert on the, the individual, I mean, I'm, I could tell you there's Lockheed, Boeing, and Honeywell, duh, Raytheon, but after those four, you know, I'm kind of a blank there, so... I, I uh, intend to learn a lot more about that industry, hopefully with everybody with me, the listeners between now and the end of the year, and anybody who has uh, companies that they like. I mean, Lou mentioned a lot of smaller companies, and I don't think you can trade, Kevin, uh, last week that are doing all the ceramics and things where, you know, shells are harder to blow up or harder to detect, and all the all the uh, the research on that, well, not all, a lot of it, I guess, is being done around Denver, and Lou's, you know, pretty up on this stuff, so... But I don't know if any of those companies are, are traded anywhere that we could get involved in. I mean, I don't do private placements. But the plus, I don't know enough to, to pick one out and say this is the one we want to be in. Um, but it, it's, it's kind of fascinating going forward here. Uh, and what, if, you know, are there going to be winners in what looks to be a down market? Uh, you know, who knows, market could turn around today. But uh, it looks, yesterday, I'll tell you what, Kevin, I don't know if you're watching yesterday, but during the show, we were up. And uh, we had a lousy day today before, and Kenny's saying maybe we'll get some of that back. And man, couldn't at eight o'clock, well, seven o'clock Central Time, we just turned south and we never really looked back. We we came back a little bit at the close, but it was just a really, I guess you could say it was orderly decimation, but just down, down, down all day. I mean, uh, I this all of a sudden there's just a dour mood, which of course can change, but just I mean we've given up the entire rally last week, the, the entire Powell rally. And the close last night, we got to be under the number now, which is uh, well. I, I wonder how much of it is uh, is reaction to the jobs reports because you know it was it was all rosy reporting on Friday. Yeah. But this week, I'm seeing more of the reporting that Carl discussed at the time. Yep. And that is the uh, you know th- this idea that the household survey is telling you a different, way different story than the uh, uh, than the establishment survey, and. Uh, so I, you know, I kind of wonder if uh, if people in the market are starting to figure out that this is not good economic direction for us. Well, American shoppers, forty one percent say they plan to spend less this year than last, which is a big number. I don't know what the number normally is, and clearly doing well, COVID. Was keep in mind that if you're spending less, you're spend that means you're buying even fewer units because the prices yeah. are already higher. Well, that that is the truth. I mean, we, I don't think we we've, we've still have the. The, the wherewithal to realize that the damage we did in the last few years and how we've, you know, Jimmy Diamond came out and said a lot of people are, are getting nailed by inflation. Well, sure they are. I mean, uh, I mean, you have some people that their inflation is up, you know, 10 grand a year in what they pay because they, they spend more. 
but you gave him 200 grand from some various plans or you gave him a million dollars or something but then there's the rest of the world uh their their spending is up five percent you know five grand and you gave him 2500 or whatever the hell all those checks totaled up to so I, i'm going to say the rest of the world is kind of behind i mean try and get your car fixed if you can find a place you know good luck and uh, the prices there are, are uh you know i mean I, I can't even not the parts but the labor i mean people can't get people i mean they're all mobbed well, and there's still disruptions in getting parts. Well, and, and the uh, well, American. I get a little of this. I had a, I got a story. One of my, I won't say Cub reporters, but one of the guys who was telling me to come back from this basketball thing, and some guy. You know, I'm not a. Everybody knows I'm, I'm more of a Chevy truck guy, but uh, you know, I, that's just me. But the uh, this guy's coming back in one of these. Uh, I don't know how much the damn thing costs. It's a, a Audi SUV. It's like two years old. The guy's driving along about 80 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, every light on the dashboard comes on. Just that. And, uh, and, he, and then they, they start going off one by one, and all of a sudden, every, like, everything in the car shuts down. Now, he, the guy claimed the steering shut down, but i got to believe, even in a modern car, that you can steal it, steer it manually if the power assist goes off. It's hard to do if anybody's ever tried to do that. Anyway, they, the guy ends up in a field somewhere. I mean, fortunately, there wasn't a building there. He ends up on a field. takes up like four hours to get a tow. It goes to the dealer, and they go, yeah, we got a bunch of cars like this. It'll it'll be like three months for the parter. I, some huge number. <laughs> I don't know if you'd ever get me in that car again, Kevin. I, that's just me. I mean, uh, but I mean, it, it, I don't know. There's, there's crazy stuff going on. You hear these stories, and you go, really? <laughs> I mean, anyway, SP Future's down 27 now. Ouch. SP Future's down 123, so we're not, we're not letting back here. We're not going down hard here. We just... Just continue. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you are aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. 
I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. All right, place your bets. Stocks, jocks, and jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Right now. Lone Wolf, Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures down 27. NZ Futures down 125. Continuing the slide of yesterday, just as a review of slides. Yesterday, the Dow was down... Uh, 350. It came back a little bit on the close, believe it or not. S&P down 58, 1.4%. NASDAQ down a full 2%. It was probably down 2.5% at one point. So um, we, we definitely had the slide. In Europe, we've got DAX down 65.5%. FTSE down 2. Call that flat. The FTSE's been fairly stout. Uh, CAC around down 30, 32.5%. We're in Asia, we've got Nikkei down 199.7%. Shanghai down 12.4%. Hang Seng down 626, down 3%. Guys are still 18,814, but they're try- trying to head back as, uh, <coughs> well, they're not going to, I'm sure as hell hope they don't go back to their 14.4 number that it, it traded a few weeks ago. Uh, bonds, up four basis points, 3.55. Again, a far cry from the 4% we were at. Uh, Bund, down up one to 1.81. Japan unchanged at 0.25. Oil, up a dime, 74.35. Boy, talk about a dead cat bounce there. Uh, Brent, up five cents, 79.40. Natural gas up 19 cents, 567. Never have guessed, you know, six months ago, and this was 930 to entering into the winter here, we'd be under six bucks. Boy, if you've even made that trade, you're a smart guy, and boy, you're rich. Uh, gold up a dollar forty, seventeen eighty-three. Silver up eighteen cents, twenty-two fifty-two. Copper down a penny, three seventy-nine. We have Bitcoin down 192, 16,783, so no longer hanging in there at 17,000. We have the US dollar. Is uh, down against all these things today. Euro is up uh, 48 basis points to 105. Pound hanging in there right about 122, where it sort of has been. Uh, Matt, what do you have for us, Travis Weather Sports? Hey, well, good morning. Currently uh, uh, 6.36 a.m. on December 7th, 2022. Uh, traffic in Chicago, keep in mind some patchy fog in the area, should be staying around until 10 a.m. Right now, 39 degrees, cloudy, slight fog in the area. Expect a high of 47 degrees today. In Phoenix, 55 degrees, clear skies. Expect a high of 64 degrees in the afternoon. Last night, the Blackhawks lost to New Jersey Devils 3 to nothing. Hawks had a win-loss rate of 7-14 this season. And week 14 of the NFL starts off this Thursday. Vegas Raiders playing LA Rams. Raiders at 5 wins to Rams 3 for this season. Game starts at 7.15 p.m. That's all for now, Chief. Back to you. Kevin, have you ever seen a Super Bowl champ flop as fast as, as bad as these Rams? Is it all injuries? Or I guess they're going to... What's his name's going to start tomorrow night? The guy from just got cut, the Cleveland number one pick. Mm. What's his name? Uh, <clears throat> the guy did all the commercials. Oh, um, from uh, uh, da, 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 da. 
uh, from Oklahoma. The, um, yeah. Blake Makefield. When did, the Rams, when did the Rams pick him up? No, uh, just yesterday. He's going to start tomorrow night, evidently. <laughs> Hi, here's the playbook. Good luck. Baker, is it B- Baker Mayfield, right? Good luck. We're all counting on you. Yeah. Get Leslie Nielsen. Just play him on the on the video board. Yeah. <laughs> Every time the offense runs onto the field. Um, Kevin, it's a little out of your out of your uh, wheelhouse. Although nothing's really out of your wheelhouse. Uh, in his article here, uh, four hundred billion erased from the value of Europe's tech industry this year. Um, which, by the way, pales compared to the seven point four trillion or something. It's out of ours. Maybe even more after yesterday. And um, you know, this has been a I won't say life changing, but it's it's. How can I use it? Is, is the word? Is there such a thing as dream changing? Um, I uh, I mean, everybody a dream shattering. Yeah, I, I everybody knows uh, that you know. Obviously, I'm. I'm close to a lot of customers and I talk to people that even aren't clients um, and it's really uh, we're starting to do some urine review for people on uh, some of the places that you know we manage money for and uh, the you know what Kevin it's, it's really hard to uh, to even communicate because you don't want to give last thing you want to do <coughs> is if uh, if you think if I was an engineer and I know that they if they should put, you know, four bolts per yard on a bridge, and the idiots are doing three, I guess I can criticize to the extent that I want them to change it. I really don't want the bridge to come down on somebody's head to prove me right. I mean, I, I mean I'm not that kind of guy. I mean, I just don't don't want that. I'd rather be wrong, to be honest with you, and have the thing hanging there for a hundred years, um, and not kill anybody. Mm. But I was all the signs of these. Big, huge stocks running up during this COVID with all the money pouring in. The FANGs especially, the FANGs plus Microsoft. And everybody just touting these things like it was a horse race, for God's sake. I just, I was just cringing. And I just, and I just like, God, where did, is, anybody, is anybody trying to put any kind of fundamental value on some of these places? I mean, when are they going to get this money back? When are these places going to make this kind of dough? Especially when we're, anybody who didn't think we were in a recession during COVID is out of their mind. I mean, you're sending people a check and made up money, I guess. You can count that toward your economy, but where's that? Where's that Messiah now? Um, the uh, and, you, and you you talk to these people and and you you've, you've had conversations with them over the last several years, saying, well, you know, it's probably it's not about the stock; it's about the person. I mean, if somebody has a hundred shares of Amazon and they're thirty-five years old and there's a two-income family and they're you know they're doing really well and they're putting more investments in every month. Kevin, you don't care. And you, you, and you, don't, you don't care because it, the next hundred shares, they'll buy something else. I mean, it, it's a whole different kind of world for them. I mean, the, the world is their oyster, and, and, it, and it's, it's only going their direction, you know, barring anything bad happening, thank you, uh, hopefully. And, uh, but other people, they're retired and so forth. I love these stocks. Well, why do you love them? Because I heard them on TV, but it, it's not about the stock, it's about you. And you've got. $2 million here, you've been retired for five years, $3 million, whatever it is. I mean, this, this is it. <laughs> I mean, it, well, why, I mean, if, if I'd have protected him like you want me to five years ago, I wouldn't have made anywhere near the money I made. That's absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. There's no doubt that for the five years or eight years Obama was in there, we crept up damn near every single year. In retrospect, the last thing you wanted to do was have any kind of insurance. And you know what? 
Yesterday I didn't wreck my car, so I guess in retrospect, it was a horrible day for me to have collision insurance on my car. I just pissed away that dog. You can look at things. Well, that another way. way to look at it, Tom, is to say that um, you know that that's a fine attitude that you wouldn't have made as much over those years, but were you smart enough to sell it before it crashed? Because ultimately, to support this price, you have to demonstrate that kind of value. And maybe you, you know, maybe you can bet on a company and say, "I believe these people will, given some time, will absolutely demonstrate demonstrate value that supports that stock price." Um, but so many of them were never even close to demonstrating that kind right. of value. They were just riding the wave. Well, plus, as, the, as it became a bigger and bigger, and eventually piece. that wave crashes into the shore. Well, and if you were if you were smart enough to start out with a thousand shares of Apple for almost like five bucks or some crap before the split. It behooves you, even though it's it's your favorite stack, every year to say, well, God, this thing is now an even bigger, bigger piece of my portfolio. Even if you don't hedge it at all, <clears throat> you should say, well, I don't really want an individual stack being 50% of my portfolio. I'll sell 100 shares of it. You know, throw, throw the big guy upstairs a bone. I mean, do something. But no, it was only going, they turn on the TV and you know, NVIDIA was what? How many hundred hours? And now it's 156. Well, how? Kramer named his dog NVIDIA or something? Oh, no, this is going, it's my, it's my, it's my core holding. Okay, well, but it doesn't, but I'm saying, you, but now, now when, when the, when the money's out the door, and everybody's like, well, like, now what do I do? I mean, should, is, now should I protect what it? What happened? Yeah, now can I protect it now? Well, well, yeah, but I mean, it's not, it's not like we can't go any lower. We sure as hell can, but I really was more concerned about protecting NVIDIA at 370 than I am 156. And could it go to 100? Sure. You know, uh, but, I mean, uh, I, it, it's not as urgent for me, although it's down 3 bucks this morning. <laughs> I guess I sh- maybe I should have bought some puts yesterday. But uh, say it, 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 it's really, it's all about, it's all about people. Okay? I mean, investing is all about people. And, it's, and, and the last thing you, wa- you want to say, uh, you know, the, the, the real bad one is in... Uh, is the Amazon? Let me get the graph up here. Amazon. This thing, um, it it was trading uh, like around 180 at the beginning of the year. Okay, and it, it basically pukes its way down to 105, and now it runs back up to one pushing 150 in September when we had that rally. All right. So anybody, I mean, you would think that that. You know, it's funny, Kevin, when you're trading it on the floor of this, you see something's trading five bucks, you buy it, and now it's trading three. You say, please, God, if it ever gets up to five, I promise I'll sell it. <laughs> it, it goes up to five, and you go, I was right all along. It's going to eight. <laughs> then it goes back down again from five. You're like, wait a minute. What? Now I'm a double idiot. I mean, I, why people didn't feel at 145 that the big guy upstairs helped me out here and got me halfway back? And or to do a repair strategy or something when it was lower to maybe try and make a little bit more on the way up. What, why? I don't think anybody even dreamed that to say, well, boy, this the big guy upstairs just gave me, you know, forty-five hours back. At least I'll I'll take advantage of it now. I bet nobody sold there, Kevin. Not not a person. Nobody protected. No anything. They believe in these. They they they're these are religions. They're not stacking. You you can't do that. It's like it's like as my as my mother told me once. She goes. I don't know if you're going to bet on football, she goes, but let me tell you, don't ever bet on the Bears or, or Notre Dame because you get you got to get your heart out of it. It's, it's a, he goes, you got, heart has no point in gambling, mm. no place in gambling. That's right. And it right. has, and, it has well, no and, and 
you know, and, and don't bet on the bears anyway. Just, oh, yeah. Well, know, just for, like, forget any other advice. Just never bet on the bears. In general, yeah. Well, you, but, yeah. but we digress. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to bet on the Irish if they got a big, if they got a lot of points because historically they don't run up the score. So that's all, that's a horrible bet, too. Anyway, just just saying. Going, going back. Again, that's going back 30 years. But, but the point is, my, the thing I keep saying to people, Kevin, is you're right, but, but we're not trading last year. We're trading this year. Last year we didn't we didn't want any protection. Matter of fact, we wanted extra stock. We wanted call options. We wanted to double up, but we can't do that again. It's, it's all about tomorrow. And I, I don't know. I, I have these conversations. I see people lose money, and it just bothers me because it, it it didn't have to happen. You know, especially in something like Amazon when you got fifty bucks back at you and you didn't take that one either. That either. It's just anyway. Well, here's what's going to be interesting because uh, you know I, I I'm I'm less of a uh, you know follow the market stock market guy than I am a I, I'm interest more interested in things like market share and, and business strategies. And now you have these companies that have the wherewithal to pull it off, trying to make a run at Amazon, most notably Walmart, but yeah. other uh, other retailers as well, people like Target. And I I don't know how successful they'll be. Um, because what Amazon does really, really well in in the retailing market is that it, um, you know, they just push the envelope on distribution. They they really set the market on distribution, and they're they're better than everybody else at it. Um, so uh, so it's it, they're going to be hard to catch, but you know there does get to be a point where you can only you know if I'm delivering it in an hour. Uh, is is there any value to me delivering something in five minutes? So as others catch up and close that gap, then it's really going to turn into all about price. It's not going to be about anything else other than price and and how good your website, how easy is it to shop. So uh, what what I'm saying is, you know, I'm interested in the strategies that these businesses are employing for how they're going to go about catching Amazon and watching that unfold and seeing how effective they are. And that's going to probably tell you more long term about where Amazon stocks should be uh, will will be you know five years out than anything else that's going on. Well, bless you. You have them in order to to essentially beat UPS, beat the postal service. Um, they had to go get all their own stuff. Now, to, but that brings in. Why do you think? You know, I'm not a, a huge apostle of, o, of UPS, but the dude's been around a while. Mm. I mean, they were the first people, I remember back when we were in, uh, at Kevin, we were, I was in grad school, and they were talking about one of the biggest uh, uh, investments at the time that somebody had made. Well, I'm sure it wasn't the biggest investment plant equipment are, but at one point, UPS, when radial tires came out, and they found out that you, uh, you uh, whatever, you, you picked up, what, a mile and a half per gallon radial tires in the old tires, the old cross, whatever you used to call the other stuff, cross tread or whatever the hell it was. And uh, so they increased their, uh, or decreased the amount of mileage on the tires, and within like, I don't know, two years, the entire fleet was radial tires. And their calculation was they saved X in gasoline over the next two years or whatever long those tires last, and it paid for it, and and then some in spades. And uh, and and I was thinking that those guys, and and they talked about the different iterations of the truck, and how every time it got a little bit better mileage, a little bit easier for the guy to get back and forth. What he learned on the last truck, and how the, the UPS truck is really a, an amazing work of art in terms of how stuff is set up, how easy it is for the guy to get in and out. I mean, this is you know this, this stuff just doesn't happen. And uh, I'm not, again, I'm not. Yeah, we got a company over here in Bristol that makes trucks for for UPS, for Amazon, for 
FedEx and, and all of that. And I, I've toured the factory. It it is really interesting to see how they all do their layouts, and and it is it they consider the truck. It's treated like a mini distribution warehouse. Yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is, and, but now for Amazon to just say we're going to hire all these people, we're going to do all this stuff, and oh by the way, we're going to do it, you know, twenty percent better than UPS. When UPS has been, you know, they've been, not that they don't have, you know, maybe you can pay people less than UPS. I don't know if they're, maybe. But, I mean, the idea that UPS is going to make, you know, 10% margin on, a, on the average trip, that somehow Amazon is going to re- recreate the whole system and they're going to make 25% margin. Man, I don't, I don't know about that, Kevin. I mean, it, it, to me, that would... Well, what Amazon did, Tom, is they, they bought a robotics company. Okay. Um, and uh, so I'll, I'll see if I can fish out some... Uh, some stuff on on you know the the robotics that they do. They custom designed. In fact, at, at it pretty early on in owning that company, they notified all of the existing clients that they would no longer be clients and they need to go find another robotics supplier because this company was going to be dedicated all to Amazon. And they have custom designed all the robots to build out their own process in their own distribution centers. Um, and it's so it's it's all proprietary stuff, and that that's why I say that you know that they push the market. They do it better because they've figured out you know ways to automate. So you know you can you can say hey it's being fueled with cash that uh, you know had, had was uh, had tax benefit. You can you know all, all of those things are true, but nevertheless that they have sunk a lot of capital expenditure into building out the most efficient distribution process and the most automated distribution process going. I uh, see the the slight difference we're having here, and it's not a, it's not a difference. Okay, it's you're saying how it's a little more advanced. Well, I happen to know since I used to, it's a long, long time ago, and I used to go down 115th Street to go to the golf course. These guys put up this warehouse 115th and like Central. It's the first time I ever saw the inside of a building built before the skin went in, Kevin. It was a warehouse situation where. Uh, I think I'm sure you can get there manually if you have to, but it's designed where you never have to. All the racks and stuff were put in, and all the was essentially robotic, or like forklift trucks, but they go up and down on rails. And the whole idea was you just put in there, uh, you know, Matt Burns' new hats or something, and the thing would take it to a spot where it knew it was empty and put it in there. And all you have to do is put Matt Burns' new hat in, and the thing would go get it. And it, it wasn't robotics today. But when you when you when you say they have robotics and they're doing this stuff, your the assumption, even even though you're not saying it, and I know you wouldn't say it, the assumption is everybody else has still got some guy with a big pot belly and a cigarette plugging along, grabbing it off the shelf by hand. It, no, 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 that, no. That, that, that isn't my th- assumption at all. No, so, what I'm yes, saying if I if I indicated that, I don't mean to. There, it's it's an incremental advance of some magnitude. Now, is, is it enough of a magnitude to totally duplicate UPS and all the other people and say, I want to be in your business? I don't know. That's a whole different, that's a whole different story. Well, I, they got out ahead of them. I'll I, I yeah. tell you this, is that there are, there are some other really, really interesting uh, things going on in distribution. And so there's, you know, there's Amazon's methodology, which is, you know, which is really good. I mean, among the things is they have these... You know, these basically they they look like heavy duty Roombas that they they don't put people out in the warehouse to pick products off of shelves. They bring the shelves to the people who are packing. So here's your shelf. Take what you want. Now I'll take the shelf and put it back. And these things are, you know, running all over the uh, the Amazon warehouse, 
which is you know which is kind of an interesting approach to it. Oh, I think it's great. Um, I mean, but uh, okay. but but, but, but no, let me let me continue yeah, on. There are there are very different approaches. You know what uh, what Meyer has done with its distribution center in Wisconsin is is cutting edge, and it's completely different from what Amazon does, but it's very very cool. And then you get oh there there's a uh, um, a Spanish company uh, Desigual, and I, I, I I'll have to fish out those videos too, and show you what they're doing there because that's way different from what everybody else is doing, and and so there's there's all this really cool customized automation. And that's probably the biggest thing is that the, the smartest companies are the ones who are saying, what's my product, what's my process? I'm going to customize my automation to fit that. I'm not going to buy anything off the shelf. Well, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, this stuff, to me, I mean, if I wasn't you know, doing a podcast and managing money, I would love to be touring. I, I'm fascinated by this stuff. I mean, you know that. I mean, but I, but yeah. it, the question is how incremental... Now Amazon's got labor problems. Did they ever anticipate that? I don't, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I, I'm, I'm guessing they didn't. I, I'm guessing they thought they could push people around in every city like they did in a few places. Uh, you know, I, I don't well, know. Yeah, because there are a lot of people, you know, a lot of people who report that it's a crappy place to work. Um, there are others who think it's a great place to work. I, I, you know, I know that, too. But um, what, what they do is they tend to pay better than the co- local competition. Um, and they lure a lot of people over with pay, but um, they also, you know, part of their curve is that that flattens out, and they lose a lot of the people that they lured in with pay because they don't like working there. Yeah, and so when Audrey's friends worked there, and she was there for a while, but it was, you know, the, the weekend work and the different shifts and all the stuff. I mean, uh, and, if, and if you're like late, you get penalized, or fi- I don't know, some 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 long story. But oh, it, uh, yeah, a lot of places do that though. That's the, yeah. you know. Quick question. I'll, I'll save the one about Chairman Powell and stuff for Russell. But the, the people in your area, it sounds like, you know, you, you know, I've known you for I don't want to say how many years, but you've always talked about places in your area. Are some of those area people are they getting to the point where um, it sounds like just again, it's not what you're, what I think you're saying, but what, what, what I'm hearing is a lot of those firms are still in the distribution people, not various sizes. You, you haven't said they're all one size. Um, and my feeling is, is a lot of them are, are doing uh, some bank financing, and, and the banks in those areas are still amenable to that because uh, you know Midwest still has a lot of smaller banks, and they're usually pretty good with the local people. Uh, are some of those guys, guys, companies, ladies, whoever the hell they are, uh, to the point where they're, they're looking for outside capital? Are they having a struggle getting it? It's not like I'm in that business, but. Um, what if no, that's a good question. It's not a conversation I've had. I'm going to be at a chamber of commerce thing uh, on Friday morning. I can ask the question, um, yeah, and see you know see what kinds of things I hear because I do I do think that's an an interesting point. 
I, I'll tell you this, just because uh, I, I know you're going to run me off here in favor of Russell, which, you know, hey, everybody likes an upgrade. But um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, Amazon is building this, you know, 800,000-square-foot distribution center uh, in Elkhart. And, you know, I, I drive by it every day, and so I've been watching it, you know, go up, and it's, it's pretty interesting to see. Every once in a while, I'll stop and snap some pictures of it and share them in class or, you know, share them with people at, at work. But, um, but what's interesting is that on the adjacent properties now, there are like four other warehouses going up that are not Amazon. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like... So uh, there's people piggybacking on the traffic that they're going to generate. Because it's, right it's right by a toll road exit, so, you know, it's got that working for it. it it's right by a connecting road that connects you to US-20 and US-31 South. Um, so it's, it's right off of there. And so you have this other booming, you know, and, and distribution has been big in this area anyway. I mean, you think of the location here and how many states you can reach on the road um, and how many major cities you can reach on the road from the South Bend and Elkhart area um, in, in, in a day's time, and certainly in two days' time, but in a day's time, um, as well as, you know, all the rail that's running through here and everything else that we have going, it's become a real big distribution area anyway. Now, it, you know, this is just one more thing that's happening that is really, really stocking it up. So while I see a lot of the manufacturing companies slowing down, I'm seeing continued growth in the distribution side of the business. Well, I mean, between the Joliet expansion and Indiana, and Chicago has been, you know, left going over to, the, with the part goes over the fence last. I mean, right? A lot of that stuff was here. Well, Chicago's problem is is getting into and out of the area. Yeah. It's too much of a pain in the uh, rear end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I so, you know, the, which, is, which is part of the beauty of being here, especially if you're going east. You know, nothing's in your way. Well, it, it should be. Uh, and, and, you know, the thing of it is, that could be fixed here relatively easy if somebody would get their head out of their behind and with some buddies. I mean, the, the, we we need a, uh, I'm not going to say the Crosstown Expressway or wherever that thing was supposed to go, but the, the rail yard, since always become a containerized freight, a lot of times those have to be put on trucks and taken to another railroad yard. I mean, you, you can't do that. You're right, you can't, because, yeah, we, we the, the rail, which is the craziest infrastructure thing I can imagine. You know, I, I've never heard anybody talk about that, like when we talk about the infrastructure bill. And it, what's, what's really kind of cool about it is you don't have to connect the railroads. There are some really, really interesting, um, you know, kind of hyperloop. Where I was talking to you last night and telling you about, uh, about cargo drones, but there's, there's these other, you know, hyperloop types of uh, uh, setups that you can make that will just quickly move shipping containers from one, uh, you know, from one place to the next. So you could easily say, okay, from this termination, rather than have to load one truck at a time, that I can load effectively what's a train, but it's not a typical freight train. It's a high-speed rail type of setup, hmm. and, uh, and, and I can get things shuttled over to where they sh- uh, should go. I also think that's what they should be using for the ports, because what you do is you go set up all kinds of satellites um, away from the port, and then you have uh, you know uh, eliminated all the congestion getting into and out of the ports that trucks have. Because independent truckers hate going to the major ports to haul containers because they have to wait to clear security, they have to wait in long lines, yeah. 
Mm. And if you're getting paid by the load, you know that's not a good deal. You know, wait time is is uh, is time you're not getting paid. Well, they, they couldn't wait since the well, we got thirty seconds here, but we don't even have that. But we'll talk about that a little bit on Friday before Mike comes in. Mm. Uh, Kevin, uh, have a good week. I'll talk to you on Friday, if not sooner. As we view down twenty four, and as we view down one twelve. Right back, Mr. Russell Rhodes. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Jesus, what a cluster.
Hello and welcome back to Jackson. I'm Tom Al. At Burn on the Board, SP Futures down 23. We can back a little bit. We're just down 27, but not anything to uh, anything to uh, write home about. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have the professor? We do indeed. Professor, how are you? Professor Russell Rose. Uh, I'm doing okay. How are you? Happy Wednesday. Yeah, happy Wednesday to you too. We, uh, interesting few days in the market and all kinds of uh, stuff going on with uh, Chairman Powell. we got oil issues. We've got natural gas issues and uh are you the one guy in the world smart enough to sell about 100 natural gas futures at 9:30, thinking the world was going to hell and all of a sudden it's 566 hmm. no that was not me i'm i'm so I, I, I will continue to teach college that uh i can't imagine doing that trade <laughs> could you uh, that's, I, and, and that that's uh that that's a volatile market to say the least and the contract's huge um yeah we used to have a couple of people that, that traded natural gas, and man, it was a uh, talk about a ride. I mean, it would constantly I think it'd make a move, but I don't ever remember it going three, four dollars in a few weeks. I mean, it, I mean, three, you know, thirty cents was a big move in natural gas. It was a steady industry. But hey, there's a um, well. First of all, I want to ask you. Well, make sure we, if you have something you want to talk about, let's talk about it. But a there's a big big headline today in CNBC. Federal Chairman Powell is having a communication problem with the market. Now, just to set this up, last Wednesday he came out and, was it Wednesday with the, even though he repeated stuff word for word, his his tone, his body language and everything was about as, as dovish as I've seen. So we turned around we ran up like 800 points in the Dow and like 4% moves in the S&P and all this stuff. Well, as of yesterday, we were now, I believe, under that in every one of the the indices. And this morning, we're down in all of them, so i got to believe we're down again. We're under it now. I don't know. I guess I'm going to ask, is it a communication problem like the Fed is the only game in town like, like Kenny Polkari was on yesterday talking about the Fed and Kenny's he's on CNBC and Fox Business and all that stuff and Kenny's really in tune with us. He's like, we're talking about the Fed, this and that, are they going to do this and pivot? I said, I said Kenny, is there, is there a chance we, like the intellectual schmucks of the world, or non-schmucks, uh, have we, have we have we moved on that we're seeing this the economy kind of degrade in just about every spot and is it is it not is, is it is it a chance that it's not about Paul now <laughs> whether he whether he goes a quarter point here or there the people have, have finally said we, we don't care what you do the damage that has been done is you know or whatever I mean I, I you never know why the market's doing what it's doing but people who think they do I mean I wouldn't listen to them but I'll tell you I don't I mean I tell you what the headlines are but I mean, as to what is behind beyond this all of a sudden relentless drive down yesterday, in to- pretty much a total lack of news, Russell. I don't. I have no yeah. idea. You know why we're down yeah, eighty-five I, points. I don't know if it's Powell doing a bad job of communicating stuff, or you know the market just looking for something to constantly hang its hat on. Well, that's, you know what I mean. because we kind of are in a wait and see type of situation right now, where. Uh, even though they're continuing to raise rates, there, there's this, you know, we're getting ready to get another CPI, aren't we? Uh, I think it's, well, that this week there's a Fed meeting and the CPI. Let me get the actual dates. I think, yeah, because yeah. the, the Wednesday, well, week. Yeah. Uh, well the, the, let me let me get the economic calendar, but, yeah, because the, the, if you do, not only we have daily, well, yeah, we have damn daily expirations in the, C, in the spider and in the... Uh, we, Q, do. we do. We do. We got them... 
yeah. every day of the week for like the next two weeks. Well, if you if you look at like this, you can, when, you can pick the day you think we're going down. Well, if you look at next week's Wednesday, okay, you'll see that if you want to do a uh, a selling option on a Monday, whatever, whatever you're, I'll get the exact number here. While I'm digging up the the, the volatility is like ten points higher on Wednesday. Oh yeah, because it's, it's like an earnings announcement. Yeah, it's and, like an earnings. Yeah, you, you can see that uh, last week too. Although Powell completely screwed it up, where uh, we had the PCE on Thursday and we had uh, employment on Friday, and you could see higher, you know, the, the, there was higher implied volatility for the economy travel on those two days uh, versus the yeah. other days of the week. CPI is um, uh, Tuesday, and the and the and the Fed meets Tuesday and Wednesday. So we got our announcement on Wednesday. Yes, but the CPI so. comes out Tuesday morning. And. They'll, and the funny, the fun thing is, they get that number a little bit early as well, and I think that was part of the the issue with uh, with Powell was he was making comments right before we were going to get an inflation number, and I think we got the inflation uh, that good inflation number reaction the day before. Well, I can't. To be honest, Russell, out of all the stuff these people tell me, these people, our government, our elected officials, our employees, uh-huh. all the people, these people tell me. The one that I absolutely, if I was going to be the guy in Major League, that I would, that I would pee on if I had the chance, is this PCE. <laughs> I can't, there, there, nobody, there's, there's no place you can, or I can't, find any detail to that. I have no idea where that one comes from. It comes out of the back of his head and he can pull out any number he wants. Yeah, I would, there's not nearly the granularity that you can find out about the CPI and the PPI with the PCE. Uh, and... The only and, and I have never even paid that much attention to it, but I read a headline somewhere that this is the Fed's favorite inflation indicator. Yeah, and it has and, it has hospitalization, yeah, and and I just read the headline. I have no idea why it supposedly is. I don't even know if it really is. Well, I'll, I'll dig it up here on yeah. Wikipedia. But, Maybe I can even wait if I, if I can say uh, something. If I can uh, in, inform the. Uh, the uh, professor, it's always a good day for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, um, but I, I but I wonder if, if, in other words, if well, I was talking last week, not so much to you. Is is it possible that you know the Fed? I you know you and I go back a ways, and you know the the, the Fed when Volcker's time could influence a lot of stuff. I mean, you always can with money supply. There's no doubt about that. But I'm I'm wondering, Russell, if because you and I have talked off and on for as many years as you've been on, thankfully, and uh, about areas of the economy that have become concentrated, either concentrated or worse. And I just wonder how much control the Fed really has. I mean, it, there's no question. I mean, you and I are n- we're never going to debate uh, pumping 35% money into their 40% money supply in, in 18 months or whatever the hell it was, two and a half years. Of COVID is going to is going to goose prices. We, you and I will never say debate that. We may say how much or how quickly, but there's no doubt that 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 still money supply monetary economics still works. Yeah. Okay. But now on, on the way down, on the other way, I don't I don't have any confidence whatsoever that another quarter point or half point or three quarters of a point, whatever this guy decides to do, he can run up to nine percent. I don't see. Somebody stay at Northwestern dropping a thousand dollars a night from the eleven thousand it is or whatever the hell it is. I mean, I, I can't. I don't see my gas bill or my electric bill. 
I just think a, a, a huge amount of people's payments now are totally out of the part that the Fed can in, influence. If they fl- if they float money into the place, <clears throat> they can use it as an excuse for those people to raise prices. I don't know if they're ever gonna, if they're going to get ever get them to come down. No, I mean, so I I wonder if they decide they're really going to fight quote fight inflation using monetary policy. I think they do just as big a screw up as they did on the way up. Yeah, and they you know if, if they're they're gonna it, it, it's not going to be very it, it, it's not going to be pleasant for people. I'm trying to not sound like a total doomsdayist and pick my words somewhat carefully here, but. No, it's not going to be. It, 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 you know, if if they're really going to you know, get inflation under control and do the things that they have to do to get inflation under control, it's going to screw up a lot of other things. Yeah, you know, that's lot, what I'm saying. You know, a lot of people go and you know, I I think like I always say, thank God I'm not the one that has to try and figure out how to do that. Um, but you got to assume the the two melt ups we had. I think we got. I think collectively we got like eleven percent in Nasdaq over just two days in November. Yeah, and both of those were complete reactions to pretty much just you know a single piece of news. Well, but it's but it's real. But then, but then it but but then we go down, and both times that we have retraced from those those rallies, it's it's not really been opposite news. It's just been more of. Uh, Maybe the reality of the slog that we're going to be in for the next eighteen months. But when you when you talk about that kind of a of a a move, uh, I'm trying. On one hand, I try and look at stuff that looks bizarre to me. But on the other hand, I'm still. I guess I'm always going to be from the University of Chicago school that that investment in the markets are are, are at the at the core somewhat rational. And and when you talked last week about the uh, you know the, the Fed coming out with their thingy, which they did after you and I talked, but. Um, mm-hmm. When he comes out and says, everybody's got to figure it out, the guy's going to pick a number, 6.5%. Pretty fast, 6%, whatever it is. The Bullard said maybe even 7, 5 to 7. Let's, let's just say 6. And you've got a company like you know, like Walmart, like Microsoft, like Amazon. These places are freaking huge. And not that, not that size makes a difference in the sense that of how the formula works, but if all of a sudden a guy comes out and, and sort of leans into you and says, Gives you a little elbow in the ribs. Hey, Russell, this six percent might only be four and three quarters, or four and a half, or something. And that's mm-hmm. going to be the well. If you put, you know, the earnings of those places into a a capital asset pricing model, and you talk about interest rates being what ten, fifteen percent, twenty percent. Well, not twenty, ten, fifteen percent different going long term. And you you put that in the pricing model, you've just jacked the price of that stock one way or the other, pretty dramatically. I mean, it, that's a huge move in the, in the pricing. So the market having that kind of a rally, with him essentially maybe intimating that the rate could be as much as 0.75 to one percent less than people thought it was going to be, and the market having this jump up, that's not irrational in my mind. Is it yours? It's not. It, it, it's. I, mean, I think it's the you know it's textbook irrationality that we're adjusting that you know that much based on you know if you, if you run the math it it shouldn't justify a I'll just I'll stick with the big you know the big moves in the Nasdaq shouldn't justify seven percent more value day over day um, 
based on rates maybe not going up as much. And I think the big debate has been topping out at five or five and a half percent. Well, that's the thing. It's, uh, so we're talking about a half. So we're talking about a half a percent here. Well, a but, half a percent. Yeah. That, that, the, that, that doesn't leverage you up seven percent in the stock price. Well, but or in the well, but it, well, it depends on which way you look. I and mean, whichever the dude was saying, you know, that speech, I'm with you. It's not seven or ten percent. But if all of a sudden you and I absolutely agreed, where are we? Twenty twenty, pushing twenty twenty three. That at twenty twenty five, the rate was going to be five and a half, and now we think it's going to be four. Well, hell, that's a huge difference. That is a big difference. I don't, I don't think he was indicating that. <laughs> no, but I, I think yeah. he might have might have been saying the difference between Bullard six and maybe five. Yeah, which is still you know a reasonable number. Yeah. But not again. The the relationship you're talking about, where we're discounting back, um, we're we're throwing. Well, you were talking about the cap M. I was thinking about uh, uh, discounting back all the cash flows from companies to figure out what you think they're worth. Yeah, well, that's, I'm, that's uh, essentially and, what I'm doing, trying to. Yeah. And um, it, it it doesn't make that. It really shouldn't make that much of a difference. Well, if it's one percent. And a company's trading for a thousand. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of a move, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, bit, so how do you, how do you when we haven't had? Well, I guess well, I guess we used to keep changing the definition, but we did have two quarters of, of negative GDP. So I guess you could say we already had a little recession. But then again, if you don't think so, you just change the definition. What What do you think? <laughs> what if? Uh, what do you see the next two years? I mean, what what kind of? Re- what, what if or what kind of recession do you think we're talking about, Russ? I mean, I, I, you know, I'm of the plan of the idea that I just look at the population from the top one percent to the bottom one percent, and I'm saying that for you know twenty years, fifty percent has been in a, in, a, in a recession, and in the last few years, probably eighty percent. So I don't, I don't even look at the big numbers. I, I, I look at it like it's, it's the 1920s, where everybody looks back with this fond awareness, fondness of the 20s, the roaring 20s, and in fact. It was what percentage of the population buying the expensive cars and the farmers and all the other people were, were doing bleh. You know, so anyway, so it, to me it's it's a blend of people. And I I see this, we're, so I'm going to say for 75% of the population have been in, in a recession for God knows what, 10 years? You know, every year their earnings power is less? Uh, yeah, and, that, and and I don't think there's a... Because it's such a slow creep, I don't. I don't think it's the same as um, the you know person living paycheck to paycheck and, and completely losing their job. Right. You know. No. And well. I to, trying to figure out what. Thank God I'm not. You know, I'm. I'm not. My job's not to forecast the economy um, because I would hate to be trying to forecast what's going to happen in 2023. Uh, but you got to figure that we've got this imbalance of labor where, you know, we just don't have a whole ton of people in the labor force right now. And, and anybody that wants to, you know, even though the economy is kind of iffy, uh, if you want to find a job to make money, you can find a job to make money. Well, not that much, there's, but yeah. There's, there's help. I mean, there are, I, I, in, the, in the business building, um, we've, or I wasn't in the. I I saw a poster. I see lots of posters where you know people are people are recruiting college kids. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm with I you. I mean, they're, I mean, they're trying to recruit them to maybe jobs that wouldn't, you know, that that you know, in in more rural type areas. But there's there's a shortage of labor. So where I'm going with this is, you know, the recession depression thing. You always say, you know, recession is when your neighbor's out of work. Uh, depression's when you're out of work. You know, can, it's very possible that we could have a recession with pretty nice employment. And if yeah. people are still Russell, working, you, they, Russell, may you, unco- they may be uncomfortable, but they're not going to be losing their houses. Russell, could you move a little bit? You're we're starting to you're starting to break up. I'm breaking. Can you? Uh, do they, they have anything like down in Indiana? I know it's a little bit of a backwards area. Do they have anything like a landline down there? I do not have a landline in my apartment. See, mm-hmm. see. So well, well, you're better. You're you're, you're better. Hey, I, right. you know you know what you know what's weird though about this. You, you, I don't. You never. I never thought I could argue with a. Well, one of my most intelligent people I know about I about know. labor. I, I don't. I, somehow I don't. I don't get this. What's going on there, Russell? And I, between you and Carl, I, I learn more every week. But I still, I was talking to a guy. A guy. Imagine that me talking to a guy, and he works at the uh, convenience store where I buy gas on Monday, Sunday morning. And uh, okay. he, says, he says, and he's a a guy that came from the automotive industry. And he was in the parts department of like a big dealership that you know got bought and they combined and they didn't need him anymore type of thing, you know the usual mm-hmm. crap. And so he you know he must have made a pretty good living there. I guess I think that's probably union. It doesn't mean it's good or bad. It just I bet he made a decent living there. So he gets basically bleep, yeah. bleep canned. And there's you know there's not as many spots there. There's not as many dealerships. So he was a, a parts supply inventory guy, which you know you need as a skill set. Doesn't mean he's a genius, but now he's working at this convenience place. He says to me, well, you know, I got another job because I talk every Monday or Sunday with the guy. And I go, yeah, really? Was well, something better? And he goes, yeah, I'm making a 17 15 hour over at Wendy's. And I go, okay. And he goes, it's way more than here. And I said, okay. And he goes, well, the first thing I did was ask the people here, can you goose me two bucks? And then I don't really need this other job because I just got this, something happened. I got something on my credit card and I want to pay it off. And I go, okay. And he goes, no. They said, basically, you know, don't let your ass hit, hit the, you know, the door hit in the ass if you want two more bucks. Which still, I guess, would have left him way under seventeen fifty. So I don't want to ask him how much he's making there, but I'm thinking less. And, he, and I said, well, you quitting this thing? He goes, oh, no, I'm doing both. I go, <laughs> he goes, yeah, I'm going to start working 74 hours a week. Okay, but what I, what I don't see is this guy obviously is somebody who wants to work. He's not a dummy. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. a, I don't know if he's a genius, but he's not a dummy. I don't. What I don't see, and every every week I'm you know I've dinner at my brother's trying to get the family together, and my nephew's in the in the uh, parts well you know metal working in, industry, and he's getting better and better, and uh, they've got a place where uh, they they got orders basically out the behind because people are doing stuff here and just the repair of machineries that machinery's been here forever. Hey, can you make me a new conveyor belt? This one's fifty years old, and by the way, it's it's not working anymore. Well, yeah, but it but now they don't have enough. The the these, the places that they go that they service this stuff for, well, that place didn't have a mechanic or did have a guy who who uh, maintained their machines and their belts and so forth, and and now he retired. And there's no other, what, what you don't see these these firms are ramping up, Russell, but they're not true believers in the future because they basically have gotten screwed before. So what you don't see is a firm saying, uh, "Help wanted, you know, thirty bucks an hour. We will train," or something where somebody's willing to make that kind mm-hmm. of. 
everybody's fighting and saying they can't get anybody, but they're really not creating anybody. They're not saying, hey, Joe, instead of retiring, how about staying out another year and, and training two people? And by the way, I'll, I'll goose you 20 grand for that year or something like that. You, you're, maybe you're seeing it, but you're sort of not. So we're, we're kind of in this half-assed limbo area, it seems to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if you, if you... Now, Kevin says in their area at the lower end, now that's what the, what the junior college and stuff are trying to fill that gap. For people, but I don't. I mean, at Pullman, I mean, if you had, if you came out of, you know, Tilden, uh, Tilden Tech is a welding thing. Pullman would take you, and in two months or three months, they they teach you the Pullman way, and all of a sudden you're a welder. But no, I don't. I don't see that belief in the future where we're going to train people, we're going to keep them, and oh by the way, if they leave, that's okay because some other guy's training somebody, and he's going to come here. I don't see that sort of. I mean, if you're if you're an iron worker or, or you're a diesel mechanic or something. Even though it's a, right now you're, you're you're kicking butt, I don't know that I would want my kid doing that because 20 years from now, okay, we don't we don't do diesels anymore. We don't. Who's to say that we're going to go right back the other way the minute things, you know, somebody plays nice with China and all of a sudden everything opens up again? It, it's really hard to put your future on this stuff. Seems to me. Yeah, no, I, I, I can totally see how uh, companies would not. They're, they're not thinking as long-term as you would like them to be thinking. When do you think that's that's going to change? I mean, uh, I mean if, if you bring back a, like this place they opened up where they broke ground or hell they did out in Arizona State as a Taiwan semiconductor, mm-hmm. I would think that if you were a supplier to that place of some kind, you would think you'd have a 10, 20-year horizon, I would hope. Oh, gotcha. I mean, yeah. just, just to build that place is going to take several years as it is. Um so yeah, they, they'll most definitely have to do some pretty specialized training for the people that end up working there as well. Well, you know, one thing nice about my years and years ago manufacturing experience, I mean, at Pullman and so forth, is is I think the the, the general population is that old guy versus young guy. The general population, because they've never seen it, has has no clue what it takes to actually ramp something up. I mean, in terms of people, material. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you're sitting there doing, you know, repairing machines for somebody that they're now all made in Korea or China or someplace, you can make a good living at that. I know two or three metalworking places that do that. They don't make the stuff anymore; they just repair other people's stuff. And they actually, maybe they got a few less people. And all of a sudden, somebody comes by and says, "Hey, I really need I need you know make me twenty of these things, or I need, you know, and, and it's not unusual in a in a big factory to have, you know, a half a mile of conveyor belts." Well, hell, I mean, mm-hmm. or, or or those metal things that roll, or whatever you want to call, because if all of a sudden you, you you're going from eight widgets a day to, to fifteen, you don't just you know get two guys working the same machine. I mean, you you you've got it's a it's a the place looks a lot different most places at fifteen widgets a day than it does eight. Well, they get from point A to point B, and the guy says, "Well, I need them in three months." Well, that's interesting. I need a baby next week. Or next month, I don't get to run around and have sex with nine women. It doesn't help, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, you, I mean, you try. Yeah, I mean, you, well, I guess you could try. I wouldn't want to be the guy who did that. But anyway, yeah. so the, but the, I'm saying this all has a process to it, and there's a skill set to all this stuff. And, and it's going to take a little while. And, and I think in Indiana, where you are and where Kevin is, the universities are, to be, are really trying to fill that void, much as the high schools used to do here in Illinois. And, Illinois, I think it's I think it's a problem. You know, I mean, I I don't know where my nephew's firm's going to hire four more people, 
three that know how to do stuff and one that knows how to repair stuff and, and be able to, to take all the businesses walking in the front door. I, I don't see him doing it. I mean, I, I hope they luck out because I, I, I love him and I hope he does well. But, I mean, do you see it? I mean, if this is happening all over the damn place? No, I mean, it, it, I don't see it in Illinois. I think, uh, you know, and you've got the wrong person to talk about it right now on, but uh, we've talked about Ivy Tech in Indiana, and, and they train you for things like that. And they're, yeah, they, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a good uniform, you know, concerted effort for education in that area in Illinois. No, it's just a lot, but it just seems to be a lot more organized here in Indiana than it, than it is in Illinois well, as think, far as the whole university system and everything goes. Well, I think in Illinois we we were spoiled from day one because we had so many companies here that basically did it themselves. Yeah. And we did some in the high school. I mean, if, if you came out of, you know, Tilden Tech or Lane Tech or someplace, and you even had serious woodworking experience and could read a drawing and maybe you had some mechanical drawing background, Pullman would welcome you in a second. I mean, you could do anything. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You, you could do anything in, in three months there. If they trained you. You could put you in, a, you know, a, what do you call manufacturing engineering. You put you in the woodworking shop. You do whatever you want. I mean, it, but I, I don't see places around that are that big that can just say, if you're willing to show up and you got some kind of a background, come on in. I mean, do you? I mean, I. I hmm. So I mean, I, but but somehow or another, we got to fill this void, and I and I don't think mm-hmm. I'd like to see it happen here in Chicago. In Illinois, because we still have a lot of people that need a job, we still have an infrastructure that could really work. Um, but somehow or another, instead of gaining on it, I think we're going the wrong way, don't you? Well, and when your empl- when your big employers are leaving the the state, yeah, you know, who's going to do it? Well, I, I mean, you got you know, I mean. <laughs> I, I, you know, the, the, a lot of, I don't think a lot of people realize this, but, you know, the Options Industry Council, or the Option Clearing Corps, about half of their people are already in Texas. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get any of this. Yeah. I don't get any of this. Yeah, but, but, you know, it, it's just a matter of you know, having, you know, having a long vision for things, and I just don't feel like, you know, the state that I've left um, does a very good job with those sorts of things. Um, I feel like uh, other states do a better job, and 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 you kind of want it that way, so that they kind of they they sort of push each other. You know, they actually compete for for labor. When you when you when you say where uh, you know where are they going to find the people to do the certain things that need to be done in Chicago, I'm thinking that they're going to recruit people from the, the schools in Indiana that, that teach you how to do those types of things. Mm. But as I think that. I stop myself and I think, well, why would they want to move to Illinois? Well, it's, I mean, it's a, it's yeah, a problem. It's, yeah, it's a, you, you automatically get a really nice raise. I, hell, I, I met somebody in our industry um, a few weeks ago when I was at, at a conference, and her whole family moved. They just, they, they were like, like you, they were from the south suburbs. Uh, they just moved across the line, and, and she works in Chicago, but she lives in Indiana now. Mm. Right, we're going to go to break. Why don't you move to another part of the room? You're, the, the bad part's falling. SP Future's only down 15 now. We're coming back. SP Future's only down 76. We're not up, but we're not down 30 either. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? 
Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Right now. Hello and welcome to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tim Al. Matt on the board. Russell Rhodes with us from Indiana. SP Futures down 13 now. We're definitely we're sneaking back up here. NASDAQ Futures down 70. Since we don't know why we're going down, we don't really know why we're coming back up. I guess that's the flip side there. Dow futures down 91. Individual stocks in the Dow, nothing crazy. Microsoft's down a buck 86. Microsoft's been taking a hit uh, this year. I mean, let me see where they started the year. I'll just give a quick one here in this thing. Uh, started the year at 340, and we're at uh, you know 243. It's that's a number. 100 points down. And, you know, all kinds of shares outstanding in there. Obviously, so that's a big chunk of uh, of uh, equity off the table. We're in Europe. We've got Dex down 61.4%, FTSE down 5, almost flat. Kick around down 32.5%, so down a little bit, but not bad. Uh, in Asia, we've got Nikkei down 199.7%, Shanghai down 13.4%. Hang Seng down 626, that's 3%, but still 18,814 as they get down to 14-something. And uh, we're going to ask Russell about that market when we get, we get off uh, this this mess of the show where we talk about the the market yesterday. When I say mess. I was looking at yesterday's market. Dow down 350, S&P down 58, Nasdaq down 225. So all over one percent. Nasdaq was two percent. So it was a very bad day across the board yesterday. Bonds unchanged at 3.51. Uh, Bund unchanged at 1.80. Japan unchanged at 0.25. That was easy. Uh, oil. We've, uh, we've got and I have to uh, ask Russell about this one too. It's up 68 cents, 74.93. There's two questions I have to remember. Brent up 71 cents, 80.06. Natural gas up 15 cents, but 5.62. A 
Going into winter, again, it's the most fascinating market around. I know I talk about it every day, but it, it is. If you're a trader in there, you're either wealthy beyond the region, uh, dreams of avarice or you're carried out feet first. <laughs> Our Bob unchanged at 215. Gold up a little bit, 630, 18, 1788, making another run at 1800. Silver down up 27 cents, 2260. Copper unchanged, 382. Bitcoin was down more earlier. Now it's only down 114. Mm. 16,861. I'll get it right. And the U.S. dollar is uh, actually sinking here today. Euro is up 67 basis points to 105. And a, and a British pound is up 62 back up to, I'll call it 122. It's actually 121.95. So, Matt, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Yeah, good morning. Currently 7.37 a.m. on December 7th, 2022. Now, traffic in Chicago, Cook County has an alert for dense fog this morning. So be alert for rapid changes in visibility when driving in the area. Right now, 39 degrees, cloudy skies. Expect a high of 47 degrees today. In Phoenix, 53 degrees, clear skies. Expect a high of 64 degrees in the afternoon. Uh, last night, Blackhawks lost to New Jersey Devils 3 to nothing. Hawks had a win-loss rate of 7-14 this season. Week 14 of the NFL starts up this Thursday. Vegas Raiders playing LA Rams. Raiders at 5 wins, 2 Rams, 3 for this season. Game starts at 7.15 p.m. In NCAA football, last week of Division I, uh, the Army-Navy game is this Saturday. Army Black Knights of U.S. Military Academy will play the Navy Midshipmen of the U.S. Naval Academy. Game will be played in Philadelphia at Lincoln Field, 2 p.m. Central Time. This will be the 100th and 23rd meeting of the two academies since its debut in 1890. Should be fun, so make sure to tune in. Uh, back to you, Chief. You forgot about the soccer yesterday. This, uh, <laughs> I don't think I forgot about the soccer. I think I, <laughs> I think I purposely. Uh, well, the first game I actually was watching because I was right, getting yeah. my, my new tires on the vehicle, and uh, what they did. Uh, Russell, did you watch? It was uh, uh, the full game, two penalty periods or no, two extra periods. Still was zero zero, and then uh, Spain was the favorite. To- totally screwed up on the on the goal kicks, just like Japan did the other day, and mm-hmm. uh, they they got lost three zip in goal kicks. But it, how, but it, they didn't get any in, it was, yeah. which is weird. I, mean, they might get, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they got any in. I'm surprised. I, I, I would not have a, a, a pinned you as a as a soccer fan. Um, I'm, I'm watching a little bit of the World Cup because my nephews are into it. And yeah. by the way, we're gonna have Mike Murphy on again Friday. I mean, it's a oh, yeah. it's a major worldwide event. I mean, it's a lot of bit. It's coming here in in uh, 2026. So I have to believe we will be talking about <laughs> it. Oh, God willing, we're still on, and we're just, we're talking about the investments and who's. Get a piece of what and all the sponsorships. So mm-hmm. you know, it's it's definitely news. Plus, you know, it is the world's game. It's not, oh, yeah. not necessarily my game, but Ma- it's maybe we can weasel our weasel our weasel our way in. in yeah, twenty twenty six. Oh yeah, yeah. Just what I do is sit there for an hour and thirty <laughs> minutes watching. Yeah. So uh, Russell, just general observation uh, yesterday. Even though I have a couple things to ask you about, uh, they, were, they kept showing the stands in Morocco, and then Morocco is one to beat Spain, and they have some of the guys are theirs with their wives and girlfriends and so forth. Let's just say it appeared to me that if somebody had the dough to to go there from Morocco, which I don't think is a you know a swinging place, let's just say that they were able to pick their mate from the top of the gene pool. Is that a fair statement? Russell doesn't want to answer that, does he? Or is he still with us? Well, well, I'm, still, I'm still here. <laughs> you know, you didn't, uh, didn't want to answer that. Most most likely, yeah. They uh, they although to to to. To upset you a little bit on this one. That's right. Um, upset away. Well, the, the, the Moroccan government actually subsidized uh, people getting to go to the World Cup. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Several several of the African countries did that. 
That's why there's so many fans. Oh, really? Are you? Because yeah, uh, they all have their own national airlines and stuff. But and there are cheap accommodations in in you know where is it? Is it in Qatar? Yeah. Um, they have those. They, they they set up a bunch of uh, temporary housing, you know, like in old shipping containers. E. So you don't you don't have to be. You don't have to be at the top of the, the food chain to go to necessarily to go to the World Cup. I think for you and me, uh, I have a friend who's been to every World Cup really since we graduated high school. Yeah, he's, he's huge into it, and he didn't go to this one. Yeah, they made it pretty hard. What if you uh, it, allegedly? It, it, it was just too expensive. Allegedly, they they pull up a few cruise ships. People are yeah, they did that too. Now, if you're on a cruise ship and you're on water, can you drink, or is it, or the or the same rules apply as if you're on? Oh, I, I would assume you can because you can in the hotels there. Okay. But I'm a, so I I would I would totally assume that one, and you can uh, you can outside of the the, the stadium. Well, inside, it, and you can and you can you can drink my favorite beer in the stadium. They do have the Budweiser Zero. The Budweiser Zero, <laughs> yeah. What do they do with all the other beer? Because they didn't, they didn't change the rule to two days before. There's, there's zillions of cases of beer over there. Oh, I, I can only imagine. I mean, I, I lived in Atlanta during the Olympics, and and I am sure that they had, uh, you know, warehouses full of beer. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> to, did to ship in the bucket every night when I was there. So yeah, I got, I, I would assume that uh, logistically some things got moved around. So say for instance. You're not going to drink that beer, but I like to simmer. If you ever have a, I'm giving you a, a cooking tip here, Russell. If ever you have uh-huh. a, if you ever have a bunch of people over that are going to be watching a game or doing stuff and kind of gnashing away and not all eat at the same time, get yourself one of those big aluminum tins and put it on the grill and uh, fill it up with beer and throw like about your brats and whatever in there mm. and like simmer them whenever anybody wants one. You take them out and put it on the grill and brown them a little bit and it's. Genius. Well, you need like yeah. two or three cans of beer to fill the thing up. How many brats would it take to go through all the beer they didn't drink over there? About, about 90 bazillion or what? <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, question for you on this. The, uh, I was kind of fascinated, not because I think it's a, a ridiculous idea, uh, which that, that too, uh, not leading the witness here, but this, this thing they're doing to the Russian about the oil price cap. And uh, they're, not, they're not saying... That anybody can't buy oil from Russia at any price they want. What there's, it appears to me. I mean, are you, as I'm asking, you probably know more that there's that they're somehow involving the insurance companies and in saying nobody can insure Russian oil on a tanker for over sixty bucks a barrel. I, I really, I, I admire their their uh, their imagination on this one, but. I, because I would never have thought of that. But my question to you is, it's a bigger question, and we always we talk time and time, and I hope I don't bore the hell out of people when I do, because when you start talking about commodities, there's always something called a basis. And I'll be mm-hmm. as brief as possible. Now you can say corn is trading $8 a bushel, but then the next question should be, if you know anything about it, is, well, where? <laughs> you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, on the board of trade floor, yeah, yeah, the futures are, but in terms of your corn... I'm going to say it's trading eight dollars a bushel in New Orleans if you get it there, or or at Kellogg's if you get it there, or maybe it's going to be 
780 a bushel at the co-op in below the Alton Dam, but it sure as well hell is an $8 a bushel on your farm sitting there. Are you looking at it? It's got to get someplace between there and someplace, right? And it's mm-hmm. and all that all that sort of cost. So that's that's the basis. Now, my my question is, and I boy, I never, I think you'll answer. You probably know this answer, maybe not. Maybe Shani does. If oil is down to what seventy eight bucks, so it's not that far from sixty. So if I actually, if you and I, if uh, the Russell Chief Consortium had a big old tanker and pulled it over to Russia, and the world price for West Texas is seventy eight bucks. I'm going to guess that Russian oil isn't even as good as West Texas, so there's probably some kind of a discount there. Plus, I'm filling it up in Russia. I'm the one who's got to mm-hmm. either take, I don't know where you fill it up. If you fill it up in the Baltic, you got to get it here. Or if you, I mean, obviously, if it's south and you got to go through the Suez Canal, well, that's a half a million bucks or 400000 just to do that. What, what do I actually pay, and I'll be really stupid here, at the pump in Russia? I, it's nowhere, but I'm not, I'm not, but I'm not even close to sixty dollars a barrel, am I? No. So probably, not, probably, most likely not. Mm. So, so what does this, what does this thing even do if the price is sixty bucks? Uh, it makes it makes everybody feel a little bit better about buying Russian oil and staying warm over the winter. That's what it does. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but I, I have to believe it's a now. Granted, if, if oil went to a hundred on the world price. I wouldn't mm-hmm. think the basis is forty, but I'll bet it's between grade and and shipping and everything else. I'll bet it's at least eighteen bucks. Wouldn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Would you ever hazard a guess on what at it least would be? that? But then also, you know, I, I well, I don't know how, if, if I don't know how the pipelines are working right now over there. You know, do you, can can they get it? I mean, they've got pipelines. Can they just? Ship it directly in, and there's not that. That's not a big factor, right? Yeah, and the pipelines, I agree with you. There, there yeah. probably isn't an eighteen dollar difference, but I, I, mean, I, I remember me and I were doing the show back when oil got down to God knows where, and I think it was, I think it was you came up with it. Well, you said that the uh, the actual because then the you know the oil was what let's let's say thirty dollars. Well, there's different grades, and the tar sands oil. Well, that stuff's crap basically, right? It's full of sand, hence the name tar sands, and. uh it was, wasn't the, the the futures price or the discount? Wasn't that like fifteen bucks? But actually, in the fields in Canada, it was worth like five. By the time they got it to some place and everything, I mean, this you know the basis is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know, I'm, so I'm, I'm guessing that that Russia's not going to have any problem getting this stuff insured. Oh, I'm sure that I'm sure things will continue to run quite nicely in Russia, even if they're only getting sixty dollars for the oil. Yeah, I think that's, they'd probably yeah, say we and, better. Right, and really, the the whole idea, the the second that I, or whenever I see things like that around, um, you know, Russian energy and how important it is to Europe, it it's it's more of I really think an announcement like that is more about um, keeping everybody warm and saying, but we're still trying to do something about all this. Yeah. When in reality, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. Where did you? I don't know if you were listening earlier, but Lou last week was talking about, uh, um, you know, some of the industries and how we, you know, we basically are out of a lot of the missiles. Well, I don't think we're out of them, but how our inventories are way down with the stuff we've been shipping Ukraine and buying in Russia the same way. I mean, said some months they've used sixty thousand artillery shells in a month, and they're producing like a thousand a month, or some, you know, some might not be a thousand, but it's a minuscule number compared 
Um, do you see, I mentioned the first hour that one of the groups that I do business with, the guys who are long stock, you know, stock picker kind of, you know, it's sort of like a mutual fund, but it's not, it's not mutual. Uh, they did very well relatively this year because the day the place got invaded, I say the place, Ukraine, um, they, they totally overloaded, not, you know, they didn't sell everything, but they overweighted the defense companies. So they've actually had a relatively terrific year. And Lou was talking about a lot of places out in uh, the Denver area are actually on the cutting edge of different type of materials for shells that you can't pick up on. Right? I mean, he, you know, Lou does it way better than I do. But and I don't know if any of those companies are even are even traded, or I don't know if a bottom never put anybody's money in them. But but is a uh, is this something next year that is a uh, you know should we be looking that way again, Russell? I mean, uh, the last few days, I don't know if you've noticed. I've heard of just me just watching the TV and looking at the stuff here. There's been like two or three big contracts let from the U.S. government to these some Defense Department people for, you know, for all kinds of stuff that they that they need now because they've been giving a lot of it away or leasing or whatever they're doing to Ukraine. I mean, is that a viable investment strategy next year? You think or no? Oh, I think it. De- I think it definitely is because um, in Russia's. I, I read yesterday about how Russia has uh, initially was not. You know, on a wartime footing as far as production goes, but they have completely shifted things around. So they're in this for the long haul, and if they're in this for the long haul, uh, and we're going to keep uh, resupplying Ukraine, which I think we are and we will continue to do, um, you know that that's most definitely a good. That's a good area, and you know it sounds like you're trying to be cute when you say this, but that's a good area. If you if if you want to own defensive type stocks in twenty twenty thirty, yeah, I would think. But so I, uh, it, 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 I, and it's not just them. You got to you got to assume that um, that that we're probably going to sell some more good stuff to Taiwan, and maybe uh, if we try to get back into Saudi Arabia's good graces, because if Russia is, is on a wartime footing, and you know they've been supplying, you know they've been the alternate supplier. Uh, Russell, they probably you gotta, aren't an alternate supplier anymore. You got to move a little bit again. Wherever, you, whenever you move, you do better. I haven't budged. All right. Well, you, you come. I'm, you, I'm not moving. You, you come in. You come in, and you and you go out. But hey, uh, I this is, this is where my knowledge is. I mean, everybody knows I'm I'm my strongest. You know, I won't say strong. My strongest spots is in kind of general overall market because I traded the OEX and in, and in uh, hedging strategies for people. Um, other than Boeing, Lockheed, uh, Raytheon, Honeywell, and GE, and a few others, and I couldn't even tell you how much of GE was was uh, in, uh, defense based. I, I lose I lose knowledge. I couldn't name you the next fifteen that I should get people involved in. It, um, is, I, mean, I just never had to do that. Is is there a next fifteen that? That there's a that I should you know I'm not asking you to rattle them off on the air, but uh, I guess there is, isn't there? There are they big enough companies to invest in or not? I you know I would go look for one of those sector ETFs. That's okay. what I would do. I would I, I I don't know enough about the industry to try and um, you know to, to pick the winners and the losers. And I think through consolidation, there aren't that many of them anymore. Yeah, Lou says they all, all the guys that are innovative, they eventually get picked up. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's kind of like the tech industry as well. So, um, I would assume if you if you go look at, and I'm not allowed to move for the phone, but 
if I could go over to my computer and look up the holdings in um, an ETF that focuses in on the defense industry, I'll bet you the top five stocks are seventy five percent of the weighting. Well, that's were you were you at the SIBO when we were thinking of having an automotive index? You probably mm-hmm. were. It was way back. I was uh, on the board. And, I I don't, and, but that's three stocks. Well, that's the thing. We determined yeah. that. Uh, well, I think uh, what's what's the parts manufacturer? They were in there too. What are those guys? So, oh, Magna. No, uh, what the hell's the name of it before that? All the oh crap! I should know the name of this. Mm. Um, the, they they made they they were they were they were Delco parts, and then they all ended up in a, in a different name because a lady well, I met in Detroit was uh, she had worked wasn't there. The, wasn't that a spinoff from GM? Yeah, Delphi. 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 Okay. Yeah, if you took yeah. the, the big three in Delphi, you were like <laughs> like seventy percent of the index. So we decided, oops, this wasn't a very good index. Uh, mm. Do you think do you think you think the Defense Department went probably the same way? I, I imagine it would. I mean, is it who's the biggest? Is it Raytheon or Lockheed or Honeywell? It's one of those one of the three. I, I would assume all of those. And then does Halliburton do stuff in defense? I think they're mostly oil, but uh, well, I think. Um, I mean, I'm not sure. Well, GE obviously is owned Boeing. I mean, they're, they're yeah. doing all the B fifty. Who, who did the B two? This new bomber is it a Boeing? Must be B two. It's got to be. Yeah, but did you see that thing okay. the other I mean, day? That they're they're all we got. Hey, uh, speaking of which, mm-hmm. um, Matt, what's today? Twelve seven. That's right. Pearl Harbor. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah. Well, it's it's eighty one years, and they have a group of people that are survivors. They flew over there. They're all over a hundred. Wow. Oh my god. And I'm going to say our, our our hats off to to those dudes. Well, yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. If if you want to. If you want to see something about American ingenuity, hmm. um, I mean, everybody sees the uh, you know the uh, Pearl Harbor and the decimation, and you see the, the Arizona blowing up, and evidently that was heard for zillions of miles around, hmm. uh, and all those people are still in there, although they did remove some of the bodies way hmm. back. Virtually all of the other battleships that went down were redone and, and lived to fight in World War Two. Wow! Wow! Um, as a matter of fact, a couple of them were shelling some of the islands and to a certain extent got their revenge, although they weren't the same people. Uh, and there's a, if you go on uh, YouTube and dig it up, it'll go through, they're, they're like an hour long for all the different ones that are battleships. Hmm. It is one of the most fascinating things of how people can do something when they really want to do something and how they get, they put these temporary big holes in the side of the thing these temporary things they put on there just to keep the water out, just to get it over to dry dock, and the uh, amount of amount of cleaning in some of them because some of them were totally loaded with food, with ordnance. Mm-hmm. There were bodies in there, so when they put it up, it took like weeks to just clean all that crap out of there. Can you imagine with no air conditioning and oh, oh I can't. But and uh, sure enough, they would take all the guns and stuff off, go redo those somewhere else, and it was. One of them was like six months. One was a year, and uh, you know they took they took them in, in order of, of the. Uh, and I, what, Russell, you show a mm-hmm. picture to that, and you and you, and you talk to people today about eh, I can't hire a guy for twenty bucks an hour. How can I make a part for you? It's not even you wouldn't think it's the same people talking. Mm. I mean, you really wouldn't. Well, it's and it's very different circumstances as well. Yeah. But yeah, you, I. I, I Trust me, if, if um, one of the countries that we don't get along with too well did something equivalent to that, uh, we would all we would all 
get together and uh, we we did it around nine eleven. Yeah, mm. yes we know, did for a little while at least. And um, you know that that, that I, I I would have more confidence in us than you do. Um, I I do. I, I just wish somehow we would. Uh, if we could bottle that up and use it right now, it'd be awesome. But what what if what if uh, you know we had a, a, a city meeting and somehow they let me in there, which they never would, <laughs> and uh, they would say, "Well, we're going to redo this burn interchange, and it's going to take like twelve years." Mm. And I, I, would I be like banned forever if I were to say, "God, they built the Golden Gate in three and a half, <laughs> and we fought World War Two in three and a half. <laughs> You're really going to need ten years to redo an intersection? Like, what's wrong with you people?" I mean, yeah, well, you know, you know what would happen? They would they would gang up on you, and you would end up in jail. Yeah. Mm. Right, that's be, that's be, what, what you just said happened to Bogoyevich. Yeah, the, uh, the, he, they, they, it was going to take like a decade to, to bypass all of the tollways, and he was like, well, "Why? Why should it take that long?" And I think it, it was going to take that long so all the favorite contractors could get. Yeah, you know, and instead he's like, "Well, we got a bunch of other people who can do this work. Let's go." And mm. then he went to jail. Well, by the way, do we, do we still have... I don't think we have any cash back on the toll road, do we? Do we still have COVID all over the place? Um, I, yeah, I don't pay... I, I fly through the thing, and I'm usually watching something on YouTube when I'm going on the tollway, so I, I'm not paying close enough attention. Uh, you might be able to go over and run your credit card by the thing, but I don't think there's still a person there that takes cash. There's a, Actually, they uh, they have a thing now. You don't even have to have a little iPass. You can, if, they, can, they can charge you by your plate. Huh. That's swell. Well, they charge you by your plate if you have the iPass. Do what? They'll charge you by the plate. In other words, if you if your iPass is on the ground and you go <laughs> by, they'll they'll know my plate. But I don't yeah. think if you're if you're coming through from North Dakota, I don't think they can charge you by your plate. Hmm. No, they wouldn't be able to do that. They've got to they they they've got to be able to still get the cash from the from the other people using the Illinois roads. Well, what do you make of? Uh, uh, the, the 12-team, you got one minute, the 12-team college playoff in two years. Are we going to... I like the 12-team like college playoff in two years. I just... I, I, I think there's an awful lot of bias around making sure you get the right brands. And I hate when they refer to colleges as brands. But I, I, I'm afraid that there's... I, I think there's enough subjectivity in it that you're going to see teams slip in that that maybe just because of who they are and not what they've done. You're not at least, least bit concerned yet. You had another two games for these kids. Yeah, it'll be okay. It's all right. So what's what's the limit? Thirty. Thirty? No, the limit is not thirty. What does that take them to six? Maybe sixteen games. No. Well, the season's twelve. The championship's thirteen. And if you if you don't get a buy, it's three more. So it's sixteen. Yeah. No, if you don't get a buy, it's four more. So it's it's a uh, no, 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 no. But if, if 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 you don't get a buy, you could end up playing three games. But if you don't, but if you don't get a buy, no, you, no, no, no. You, did, you didn't play in the. No, uh, the, 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 the t- there's twelve, so four, eight playoff, make it down to. Uh, okay, eight 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 playoff to get down to f- to uh, four, right? Right. Then you had the other four. So now you got eight games. So eight, four, two. So there's three right. games there and one plus to play in. So there's four. Well, no, the, fir- the first one is. Are you are you including the conference championship game? No, this is this is 
No, this is it. So, no, it's like, so let's say I'm the 12th seed, which yeah. I would, if I got in, I'd be the 12th seed. I'd play, I'd play the fifth seed, and if I win, then I would play the first seed, and then if I win, then I would play, you know, whoever for the championship. No, no, because no, you're missing a game. Games. You're missing a game. If, if there was eight teams, there's three no, the, games, right? The first round is the, they, they, first round, they narrow it down to eight. I know, but, but and then four, two, one. Yeah, right, you could so, play four. Russell, you're, you're a genius. Start with the eight. Eight to four is one. Four to two is one. Two to one is one. That's three plus the playing game. So you could play four. You could play four. If you came in first or second and came through the the uh, the playing round, that's that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, that 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 does get to be. A- plus, you're not talking. You about are it. very correct on that one. But you know what? They they get paid now. They got nothing to gripe about. Oh, good. So the number could be thirty, as long as we can bet on it. Mm. Yeah, just play. Why don't we? You know, maybe maybe we'll. Uh, you know, the 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 nine FBS schools. Maybe we'll just move them to spring football, so people will watch them on TV. Yeah, what's? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta love it, Russell. Thank you. Good stuff. Hey, thanks for helping me out on that oil stuff because I was looking for a, a, you know, kind of a, a, you know, what that number really is. And mm-hmm. uh, thanks for all the stuff. Anyway, yeah. you have a nice weekend, buddy. SP futures down right. only nine now. NASA Futures down 50. We're coming back a little bit. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Time to time, everyone goes bust. You'll be back in the game before you know it.